So we are continuing our series on the holy habit of prayer. And in part one, we asked the question, can prayer really change everything? And we concluded that it changed everything for Hannah, and it can for us too. In part two, we asked the question, what can hinder our prayer life? And we concluded that we must, be, we must remove any barriers that stop us from hearing the voice of Jesus. Today we'll be asking the question, why is prayer beneficial to us? Why is prayer beneficial to us? And I'll give you the answer now. Because it makes us more Christ-like. Because it makes us more Christ-like. But we're going to explore that now through Solomon's life. But before we do, have you heard of Corrie Ten Boom? Yeah. During World War II, Corrie Ten Boom's family helped Dutch Jews escape from the Holocaust. They got caught and Corrie and her sister, Betsy, were sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp. They endured unimaginable horrors there. But despite the hardships, Corrie's life was marked by her unshakable trust in her Heavenly Father. One day, the sisters were transferred to a dormitory that was flea-infested. Finding it hard to understand why God would allow this on top of everything else that they had endured, they realised that the brutal camp guards didn't go into their dorm because of the fleas. God had used the fleas as a deterrent to allow them to minister to the other prisoners, undisturbed. The sisters, Corrie and Betsy, thanked God for everything and trusted that God was in control of everything from fascists to fleas. God was in control. Tragically, Betsy died in that camp. Some years later, after the end of the war, Corrie would speak in churches about her experiences. And after one such occasion in Munich, Corrie was approached by one of her former SS guards. He was grateful for her message of forgiveness. And he went to shake hands with her, but she struggled to reciprocate. When she looked at him, she felt angry and vengeful but she prayed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. She took his hand and felt a current of electricity move from her to him. Suddenly, love for this stranger sprang into her heart and it almost overwhelmed her. Corrie Ten Boom discovered that it's not on our forgiveness any more than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his, Jesus. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives, along with the command, the love itself. Corrie's story encourages us to pursue Jesus, doesn't it? To receive his guidance in our lives 
especially in really, really challenging circumstances. Amen. Let's go back to King Solomon now. Solomon was the son of King David and Bathsheba. He was anointed as the third king of Israel by the priest Zadok and the prophet Nathan. He was the successor to King David. He was the author of the books of Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon, and he even wrote many of the Proverbs. Things started off well for King Solomon. His accomplishments were enormous. He was ambitious. He built the temple in Jerusalem. He was a scholar. He was a diplomat. He was a patron of the arts. He was a trader. He was an ancestor of Jesus Christ. His wisdom brought listeners from across the known world. And his legacy was that he was described as the wisest man that ever lived. Unfortunately, although Solomon possessed judicial insight, unrivaled wisdom, effective leadership, convincing discourses, and incredible prayers, Ironically, in the end, Solomon pursued folly. He enjoyed extravagant, luxurious living. He oppressed the people by heavily taxing them. He overworked his forced laborers. And he married pagan women, which strengthened his political power, but weakened his faith. And he eventually sanctioned idolatry in the land. There's hope for us all. However, despite all of his failures, Scripture tells us that God loved Solomon. God loved him. Stop for a minute. Hear that. God loves you despite your failures. God loves me despite my failures. In our passage today, after Solomon had ascended to the throne and become king of Israel, the Lord came to Solomon in a dream and asked Solomon what he wanted, and the Lord was willing to give it to him. That sounds all right, doesn't it? Solomon could have had anything he wanted. He could have asked for a long life, the death of his enemies, which perhaps was a common prayer in those days. More power, more wealth, great fame. But instead, in his humility, Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom to be able to lead God's people God's way. The Lord was pleased with Solomon. And he not only gave him wisdom to govern God's people with justice, but he gave him an understanding heart. Wealth, power, honor, and a long life were also given to Solomon. Remember, Jesus spoke about our priorities. He said that when we put God first in our lives, everything we really need will be added. We may not be wealthy or famous or powerful like Solomon, 
But in reality, these things can become a snare for us, and they were for Solomon. As Jesus' followers, we need the Holy Spirit to govern the way we live our lives, don't we? I do. Jesus is the wisdom that we need to navigate this life with all its complexities and challenges. We need Jesus and his wisdom, don't we? Yeah. If God came to you just like he did Solomon and asked you what you wanted, what would you ask for? Would you choose health or wealth? Friends or fame? Power or influence? Success or popularity? Security or excitement? Knowledge or wisdom? Would you choose to be led wholeheartedly by Jesus? Solomon chose wisdom. He chose to be led by God. Solomon wanted what the Lord wanted for him. To know God and to be led by God. To be able to lead the people. Brennan Manning argued that in the contemplative traditions, prayer is not primarily about changing something somewhere out there. Although it can and it does and it has, as we've seen this morning. He says, first and foremost, it is about changing something in here. Prayer changes something in here, in our heart. The most powerful thing that can happen in prayer is that you yourself become the prayer. You become the prayer. You leave that prayer space as Jesus' hands and feet on earth. Are you with me? Prayer should help us to see with the eyes of Jesus and to hear with his ears. Prayer should be a transformational encounter for us where our hearts are changed. Prayer is not only beneficial, it's essential. It's essential as Christians. Prayer is essential. I need it for survival. Do you? I do. In the process, we become more and more like Jesus. Pastor Max Lucado asks the question, what if for a time, what if for a time, Jesus lived your life with his heart? What if your heart had got some time off and your life was led entirely by the heart of Jesus? Think about that for a minute. What if Jesus' priorities governed your actions? What if Jesus' passions influenced your decisions? 
What if his love completely directed your behavior? What would you look like? What would you be like? Would people notice a change? Would your family, friends and colleagues see something new in you and sense a difference? What about the less fortunate? Would you treat them differently? Would your friends detect more joy? And would your enemies receive more mercy from Jesus' heart than from yours? How would you understand worship, prayer, scripture and fellowship? What alterations would this transplant have on how you managed your emotions? Would you still dread what you were dreading? Would you still worry about what you've been worrying about? What would you do differently? Would you still do what you were doing now? With Jesus taking over your heart, what would change? What would change? We only have one life, don't we? What would change? Solomon desired to be like Jesus, I would argue, because he wanted to lead God's way. In a similar way, scripture encourages us to think and act like Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. To be imitators of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. To walk in the way of Christ, 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. That Jesus must increase and we must decrease. The Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 30. The commands to be like Jesus are numerous. That's the goal of a disciple, to become like Jesus. That's what God is calling you to do, to be like Jesus in all of your ways. Daunting, yet exciting. Are you excited about that? The prospect of Jesus living in your heart and guiding you in everything I am. It's clear God's plan for you is to give you a new heart. To give me a new heart. A heart like Jesus. God's plan for us is to give us a new heart. A heart of love and compassion. So, God wants you and me to be just like Jesus. He wants you and me to have a heart like his. Are you with me? That's the ultimate objective, to be like Jesus. Max Lucado sums it up in this way. God loves you just the way you are. Hear this. God loves you just the way you are. But he refuses to leave you that way. He refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be like Jesus. God loves you and accepts you in Christ. But he wants you and me to grow to become like him. 
And prayer, I'm coming into land now, prayer is the vehicle that helps us to become more like Jesus. In prayer, we encounter him. We're transformed by him. We're inspired by him. We want more of him. Prayer is the vehicle that brings transformation to our hearts. So how can we remember all of this? Why is prayer beneficial to us? God's desire is to give us a new heart like Jesus. And prayer is beneficial because it makes us more like Christ. Amen. 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 Let's pray. And then once we've prayed, we'll have communion together. Heavenly Father, help us to know the power of prayer. Help us to understand that prayer changes everything. It is foundational as we follow you. And it benefits us by becoming more and more like you. Give us a fresh passion to meet with you in prayer every day. Every day. Like Corrie Ten Boom. May we pursue you because we know we need you in the challenging times. Like Solomon, may we pursue you because we know we can't do it in our own strength. May we come in humility to you every day, knowing that we need you and knowing you are the answer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.